Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck, and joining us on the show is Albert Tapia from 10th Planet Sacramento out of Sacramento, California. What's going on, Albert? Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Doing good, sir. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate of course, you. of course. I'm excited to have you on. Excited to talk a little bit about your facility, what you have going on. Um, but yeah, let's not waste any time here. How did you get started? What is it that made you want to start your own jiu-jitsu facility? Uh, so yeah, uh, I've been in the MMA industry or like kind of combat sports since about 16. I wrestled in high school, college, um, started fighting out there. And I didn't start jiu-jitsu until about 23 uh to help with my mma and then i uh, moved out to socal fought for team oyama and uh there was housed by 10 planet uh, orange county and that's kind of where i started 10 planet uh, awesome so, awesome and that's how it kind of started um after i was done fighting which is about three years ago four years ago i started like focusing specifically on jiu-jitsu um and then it just seemed right. Uh, if you're familiar with 10th Planet, it's uh, under Eddie Bravo. And we have about 140 schools. Most of them are SoCal, I would say a good 30 plus. Uh, I'm originally from Sacramento. Okay. And there was no 10th Planet in Sacramento. There's a few in NorCal, I think like five. But they're mostly in the Bay Area, one in Stockton. And I saw a need for 10 Planet. You know, most of the schools in Sacramento are traditional, which they wear their gi. And no classes offer more than like two no gi classes a week. Uh, a week. What sets us apart is we're, sp- we're primarily no gi, uh, all classes. Okay. So we, don't, we don't train in the gi. Okay. So I put that, but, like, that word out there like, hey, uh, opening up in Sacramento, uh, if you're interested, uh, let me get your information. I'll put you in an email list. And within a, two months, I had about an uh, email list of about 75 students or potential you know, members interested. And that's how I got started with that, like uh, coming out here. So cool, cool. So does Eddie Bravo actually own the, uh, the franchise, the 10th Planet franchise? Uh, so technically, we're like license licensees. Right. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. But yes, so he um, cool, cool. yeah. So just just curious here, do, does Tenth Planet hold any type? Because I know a lot of franchise locations they have they hold a lot of um, you know restrictions on their franchisees as far as you know stuff from marketing to to who who they could work with, how they could promote themselves. Um, do they hold any type of restrictions on you um, that allows you to to kind of do your own thing here? I want to say that's my son getting excited to hear the voices. Yes, sir. Yes, please. Um, no, I wouldn't say, I would say 10 Planet is very open. Uh, not necessarily restricted, but like strongly recommended. Like, hey, you do things this way um, and we're going to allow you to have some freedom, but not necessarily like uh, you, you have to do it like this way and this way only. Right. Uh, oh, sorry. He hit the video there. Uh, don't do that, buddy. Um, so he gives us a lot of freedom to work 
and we don't have restrictions, mm-hmm. which allows cool. us to grow, allows us to market how we want. Right. And like like brand wise, we all have these fun, crazy designs. Uh, so we don't have to like stick to one design. We kind of put out whatever we want um, in that sense. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So, and I know a lot of jiu-jitsu MMA facilities place a big emphasis on working with kids. Um, do you guys do any type of like adult general fitness type of concept or adult jiu-jitsu or is it mostly, um, you know, kids as far as your membership? Uh, we do both. Um, we do kids as young as four. Uh, not him yet. He's like three. Uh, kids is four to seven. Uh, and like, so I, I separate into like two age groups, four to seven and, and seven to 12. Um, and adults, we are moving around here as we talk, uh, seven to t- adults, uh, any age. So we focus on all cl- group classes, uh, which allows us to, you know, have a wide range of members. So we're not like specifically just adults or just kids. Cool, cool. So out of your membership, you have about 100 members. What would you say is like the, the split between adults and children? Is it more like 50-50? Is there more adults and kids? I would say right now, I think I have about 20 to 25 kids. Uh-huh. And then seven, cool. yeah, yeah, about 75 adults. Cool, mostly adults. Usually most um, MMA jiu-jitsu facilities that I've spoken with, it, it's the opposite. And it's usually harder for them to grow into that adult space. Um, so good for you for kind of moving to where the money's at, right? Where, where the, where the better um, clients are at would be in the adults. Um, So, so good for you on that. So you are offering mostly group training. Um, That leads me to my next question about how many members are you currently serving right now? Right now, our membership base is about 95 students. Cool, cool. So you're sitting at 95 students. Um, I do always like to ask, is that a number that you guys want to stop at? Or are you trying to hit the gas right now and see some new faces? I'm definitely trying to grow. Like, that's our goal. Like, 95 is, you know, comfortable, like, but or like a good start to, you know, help you like settle in, get Mm -hmm. everything flowing. Yeah. Flowing, paid for. Not so much stress, but, um, yeah, that's definitely not where we want to stop. Definitely. And and so since you are wanting to see some new faces, help some more people to a certain extent, um, what are you actively doing right now to aid that growth process? So I'll be like, I'll be honest, the marketing that I have done for the gym has been very limited. Okay. Um, The brand itself has done a lot for us. Yeah. Uh, just being with 10th Planet has allowed us to, people look it up and like they want to train Nogi and they're like, hey, where is the nearest 10th Planet? And they find us, you know. And Eddie Bravo is a, a pretty big name nowadays. So, I mean, if you're in the, you know, jiu-jitsu MMA community, you know who Eddie Bravo is and, and you know 10th Planet. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, word of mouth, like our members definitely, um, my members do a good job of like spreading the name yeah and, and i i've done some like small small marketing things that um i do like uh 
women's free self-defense classes on the weekend. I have uh, shown up like at pop-ups at parks, but never really to like sell stuff. Uh, I've never attempted to sell memberships. Uh, usually like I'll be out there just uh, handing out free stickers. <laughs> um, that's about it. Like um, most of the time I use it. So we had like a food in the park the other day and you know, a lot of vendors are selling. I used it as a spot for our members to hang out, um, cool. hang out. And uh, we played games with like everywhere in the 10 planet shirts. So it was pretty cool. Awesome. Awesome. And yeah, word of mouth is huge, dude, especially, uh, you know, that first year when you're trying to create like that steady baseline of membership. The one thing that I would say is bad about word of mouth is that one, it's hard to track, right? It's hard to track where your members are coming from if it's word of mouth. And two, it's hard to make a game plan for growth out of that. So, you know, although let's say this past month, you were able to get five new members in through word of mouth, it's hard to say that, hey, for the next three months, the same rate of growth will continue. Um, have you ever dabbled in anything like any type of like paid advertising, Facebook ads, Instagram ads? Uh, I have not. I've looked at it just, you know, and at the rate that we're growing, it just hasn't really made like sense yet right. to pay. Um, but I have, you know, I've looked at like Yelp, I've looked at uh, Google, but again, like I said, uh, our search rate is pretty high. And I think one of the reasons it's kind of funny because uh, like uh, Planet Fitness, like they, people might look at Planet Fitness and because Planet Fitness, 10th Planet, our name pops up too. Yeah. So it kind of like, it kind of helps. Uh, so I haven't really necessarily seen the need. Um, it just uh, hasn't really made sense to do the paid advertising. Yet. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And one day it might, you know, I mean, yeah. digital ads, Facebook ads and specifically has been such like a, a game changer for um, even MMA facilities, jujitsu facilities, as far as you know, being able to, to have a consistent rate of growth and, and a lead generation process, um, you know, being able to get consistent leads on a consistent basis, month to month, um, you know, so it's, it's really been a game changer, changed the whole dynamic of like what marketing is for gym owners. Um, and it's really like a touch of a button, right? Once you figure out your marketing angle, who your target demographic is, and you have your ad copy, um, you could use that for up to two years, Right. So so it's basically just turning a switch on and off like one month. You might not need members and, and you're like, OK, well, we're kind of packed right now. We need a higher trainer. Um, let's hold off. Turn the ads off next month. You hire a trainer, turn it back on. And it's kind of like clockwork again. So it's so it's crazy to see how much the Internet has changed the game for people um, in any business, but especially in the fitness industry. Um, cool, cool. So a question that I do like to ask here, just because I think it's a good way for you to reflect on the past year that you've been a business owner. Um, but what was something that is more difficult than you expected when it came to running your business? So I would say that location or like commitment to a spot is pretty difficult. Uh, the reason I say that is uh, we sublease right now. Okay. So uh, where we actually started. So like our first day was August 1st, like in a building, but we started May in my garage. Okay. And uh, within like two months, I had like 20 people 
So I was like, uh, I can't do this in my garage. Yeah. <laughs> got a spot. And, good issue to have. That is a good problem to have. Um, got another spot in August, and we all grew that spot. Okay. So, and I had a switch. And what was good about that was because I was subleasing, you know, I wasn't, like, tied into a lease that I had to have enough members to pay for that lease. Mm. Um, so it allowed me to grow without, like, the stress of having a facility. Um, but at the same time, we've been looking to purchase a property, but right now it's been pretty difficult. Um, so we're looking to buy a commercial building um, rather than leasing. But I would say that's probably the difficult part because you kind of, you know, when you first starting out, if you, you don't have the member base to cover your expenses, you know, expenses, you're kind of like in a tough situation. Right, right. Um, and I think subleasing was a good way for us to allow us to grow and not necessarily worry about, um, you know, being thin on uh, covering expenses. So yeah, definitely. And, and Jessica even mentioned to me that you were looking to grow to like more of a two to three thousand square foot facility. Um, what do you think has to happen? What are the steps that you have to take so that you could get to that point eventually of you know moving to a bigger facility, purchasing the property? Uh, steps I think also is us being a new school and me starting it by myself the help wasn't necessarily there um, in regards to uh, staff it's not easy just to go and like hey I'm going to hire a random coach yeah Uh, so with a lot of 10th planet members we have a certain a that you like to follow, like, um, I would say, like, certain techniques. And if you're in the 10th Planet system, you know how to teach that, or you know what 10th right. Planet presents in regards to, like, techniques in jiu-jitsu. And so to just bring random people in that would be showing some other type of style, it doesn't really help the 10th Planet name grow. Definitely. So that, would, that was probably the hardest thing. So I definitely had to grow out of my member base. And us being in Sacramento on the only 10 planet school, it's not easy for me to pull from other 10 planets. Right. Look out. Um, like I said, I was part of a school that had four schools, but I had four locations and we we're all, uh, all in Orange County. Yeah. So we were kind of able to go from one gym to the other and teach. And, you know, we had that opportunity to like share and grow. But here, the next closest school is. Far, far away oh, yeah, 45 yeah. Far away. So, are you the the only trainer as of right now the only person who's doing holding the classes do you have any other staff I have members like my, my youth my youth classes um okay. but yeah pretty much the only only instructor right now cool so you have someone teaching the youth classes and then you teach the adult classes yes okay okay cool makes sense um awesome awesome so a question that i do like to ask another question here um, is if you could wave, let's say a magic business wand, right? A, ma- a magic wand and have your business be in the exact position that you want it. Um, what would that look like to you? My goal is to have two to three schools out here in Sacramento um, in different parts covering that area uh, with uh, anywhere from two to 300 members at each location. That's the goal um, allow us to train kind of like you can train at either one. Yeah. Um, and you could pull 
you know, trainers, members for the, between each three, right? Yes. Yeah. That That's the ultimate goal. Cool. Uh, you know, but short term uh, by next year, 200. And then we'll start kind of laying out considering that, that second school after that. So. Yeah, for sure. And, and definitely, you know, even looking at expanding and acquiring more facilities, always the first step is, 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 you know, learning how to optimize the first facility that you have. So it kind of becomes like a copy and paste method, right? You're just copying one business model and pasting it over to the new location. Um, what do you think has to happen within the current your business at current business that you're in now, the first, you know, first 10th planet, um, in order to be optimized enough towards like, hey, we got a good thing going right here, we're ready to, you know, move up to the second location. Uh, stability, definitely. Uh, and op- like, like you said, optimization of my current facility. So wherever we're at, uh, learning to get the most effective use out of it, whether it's space, classes, mm-hmm. um, generate opportunities for our members that, that want them to be there, you know, um, having, uh, like numerous classes and my, my goal is definitely, I think one of the biggest thing is that most 10th Planet schools where uh, the kids program is, hasn't been the biggest for most 10th Planets. Uh, there's a few schools that do really well with it, but I, I think having a big kids program definitely helps the school stay yeah. uh, consistent. Uh, adults tend to leave, go for work, go to school, change, you know, move, and then kids tend to be there a little longer <laughs> definitely and, and what would you think is like the biggest bottleneck that you face as a business owner on your day-to-day operations would you think it's more like you know time not having enough staffing just because you know someone who's listening is probably going through a similar situation so many people are fresh starting their own business and they kind of get stuck in that day-to-day and it gets hard to to hire trainers like you said for for any type of fitness that share the same values, share the same, you know, ideas as you. Um, so, so what would you think is like a bottleneck that you face day to day as a business owner? I would actually not even like staff or trainers, but having that uh, person who can communicate with the members. I think uh, the goal also is to cut myself off from communicating with members. Um, like so I'm you want to focus more so on the training aspect and then kind of have a team to run that business side of things. Is that is that kind of like a good? In short, yes, because I, okay. I think like when any like things that come up with like policies, you know, because we've grown such a close relationship with members, they're like, well, can't you do that for me? And, and you know, you want to have somebody on the backside that can have that uncomfortable situ- or uncomfortable comfort. Yeah, you're like, no, we can't do yeah, that for you. This is a policy. Yeah, well, yeah. No policy is yeah. this, this and that, and it just makes it easier. Yeah, um, you know, like oh hey, talk to our membership specialist or hey, talk to our uh, admin person. Yeah, you know, I, I I don't deal with that. I teach and you know things of that sort. Yeah, I think it comes in nature of being kind of like personal trainers is heart at heart and and having a passion for like helping people, changing lives. Um, sometimes gym owners get too entrapped in this thought of you know, always making their members happy, right? And and I always say, like, the reality is that, you know, most members 
of course there, there's some hybrid like crazy gyms that have awesome retention supposedly but but most members you know only stay at a facility for a year to year and a half at time so i always tell people it's like so are you going to keep doing what's best for your members when most likely is most of them will probably leave within a year to year and a half or are you going to make the decisions that's best for you as a business owner right um and a lot of people forget that so so cool. Um, so we know what you want for your business now, right? We know that you obviously have a passion for training people, even kids, changing lives. Um, but what is it that you want from your business? What do you want the business to give back to you at the end of the day? Uh, one of the things, uh, time, time availability. So like what I mean by that is right now, like this is all I focus on. I coach classes and what's good is during the day I get to hang out with my little my little one you know mm -hmm. rather than going to work eight to five and don't see him to five yeah. or so we get to hang out but eventually where I can grow enough you know qualified students that could teach as well that just allows me to oversee you know still teach still teach a few classes right need the more freedom more time just to like sit and check in and watch and yeah. even like just train at my own gym um, uh, and not necessarily have to teach every class. So just have a little bit more freedom um, time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's most business owners goal, right? Is to eventually get to a point of freedom or, you know, where their business kind of runs like a well-oiled machine to where you could take a week or two off and not, feel like your business is going to melt down without you there. Um, but but definitely, you know, kind of a difficult thing to do because it, it always starts from the beginning. So so it's good that, you know, you're only a year in. It always starts with optimizing from the beginning because I, I talk to so many gym owners that have facilities for 20, 25 years. They want to grow, want the free time, but they're still training 40 hours a week. Um, so what do you think is like, you know, just from an outside perspective, like a step that you have to take so that you could eventually be at a point to where, you know, you have the freedom, right? Uh, that's, again, I, I think the biggest thing is uh, I already knew like going in, especially coming here to Sacramento, that I was going to be teaching a lot of the classes. Just yeah, of course, starting so, off. Yeah. Uh, one, you know, I put the word out there, like if anybody's interested to help grow a brand new team. Just to give you an idea, out of the 75 adults that I have, I have, so we have a ranking system, white to black. Um, your purple and up is like your upper belts. So you have white, blue, purple, brown, black. I have two brown belts and two purple belts. I have 75 sure. adults. So, um, but they're not like my original purple or brown belts. So um, anybody that's at that school that's like, from me from start to finish the highest they are is the blue so you can see that's going to take some time before i can hand off like right. class completely and that's just teaching students what template represents and allowing them to share that knowledge definitely well, um so that that's going to take some time do you push at all just curious here because i know um you know all jiu-jitsu facilities run a little bit differently do you guys push general fitness weight loss at all? Or is that not an aspect that you care so much about when it comes to getting new members? No, that's not something that 
that I necessarily push. Um, eventually, we'll have like a facility where we have the, the like those type of classes when we grow a little bit bigger. But right now, like our focus is just jujitsu because that's going to be like that's the mainstay, like jujitsu. Like you come in there to do jujitsu. Um, as we grow, eventually, like so we do some striking as well. But it's not necessary. Like uh, I don't push. Come lose weight. Come lose weight. Yeah. Come lose twenty pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Just learn jujitsu. That's our goal. And by that, like focusing on that, it tends to people tend to get in better shape. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of a um the benefit of learning jujitsu. So as of now, you you'd say that you don't really have people coming in like, hey you know, Albert, I'm trying to lose 20 pounds. Could you help me with that? It's more so, you know, people focused on ranking up, learning jujitsu, learning how to roll. Self-defense. Self-defense. You know, uh, knowledge of that sort, yes. So Awesome. Well, uh, do you have any interest at all in, you know, maybe like promoting or marketing towards the general fitness side? Just, just because I've spoken with MMA facilities where, you know, that's kind of their main tactic of growth is by promoting more so general fitness rather than marketing towards self-defense so yes i think when people like general fitness it helps like expand your reach yeah especially if you're marketing right and and it brings people in like my myself i was a personal trainer as well nasm so i got you know i worked at uh ufc gyms in socal as a fitness coach as well and I, people who, jiu-jitsu is still pretty young and it's growing rapidly. It yeah. And people who want to learn jiu-jitsu are going to search jiu-jitsu. Um, eventually, again, I think once uh, I get that, those members and grow, then I'll kind of look more towards the general fitness area. But as of right now, not necessarily. Um I don't think I need to expand to general fitness or like use that. It's um, a marketing tactic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because um, people who are coming are people who know jujitsu, train jujitsu, or believe it or not, listen to Joe Rogan podcasts and like, hey, I'm going to go try jujitsu. Yo, I was about to say that. that <laughs> shot, I mean, really, though, really, Joe Rogan has probably, you know, grown the MMA community by so much. I mean, I know people myself that literally, started doing jiu-jitsu just because you know of how much joe rogan talks about it that in the ufc yeah and like joe rogan mentions 10 planet all the time so you'll see surprise like if i mark down how many people come in because and i'm like hey is like what made you come here and like well you're not gonna believe it but joe rogan i was like well that's actually like one of our main like our main reason people come in so (laughs) you're like no i believe it man a lot of people listen to him at this point here yeah 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 definitely okay cool so so last question here before we start to wrap things up but but um last thing is i want to ask what really is your goal for the next six to 12 months here i know you just opened less than a year ago um so congrats on you for for being able to grow to a steady number within that first year um, but you're coming up in August, a full year of uh, being open. What would you say is a goal that you want to get as you pass through August this year? I would say uh, my goal in the next six months is kind of establishing our, our own facility, whether okay. 
buying a commercial building or leasing a spot and like having a spot to our own. Like right now I sublease and as beneficial as subleasing is, it you're not necessarily the right, you know, right, right. Owner and things can happen. You're kind of always like, man, if something happens, I get kicked out, you know, like that's yeah. always in yeah. your head. Um, so I, that's my, our first goal is in the next six months, find a place of our own. Awesome. From there, again, continue our growth and retention. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Albert. Well, I think that is a pretty good place to start to wrap things up on this episode. But before we do sign out of here, please give a shout out to your website, social media pages, um, just so the listeners could find some more info on you and your gym. Awesome. Uh, yes, you can uh, find info on our website at 10psac.com. Uh, our website is 10th Planet Sacramento. Uh, you can find us on there. I don't have a Facebook, but all that information is on there as well. And um, gives you information to our location and classes. So. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Albert. Albert Tapia, you guys from 10th Planet Sacramento out of Sacramento, California. Make sure you check them out. 10th Planet has been blowing up um, the past few years. But I appreciate your time. I look forward to seeing what you could accomplish down the road. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. As for the listeners, don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us in the show today is the one and only John with Messner Strength and Training out of New Jersey. What's going on, John? How are you doing today? Happy Wednesday. Hey, JJ. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? Always good. Always good. I appreciate you being here. And um, look, John, we're excited to have you on. And before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with Method Strength Training, you know, first, tell us a little bit about how you describe the business to people and what made you get started in the first place? Uh, what made me get started in strength training was uh, I was suffering with knee pain for years and years. I was a high school and college runner. I was also hit by a car when I was in high school. Uh, one day I was... I was fortunate enough to pick up a book called Functional Training for Sport. A lot of your listeners will know the author, Mike Boyle. He's a renowned strength and conditioning coach. Uh, coach Boyle talked about the importance of strengthening your hips, strengthening your glutes for knee pain. And uh, I was a trainer for a couple years already at that point. And it, it's embarrassing when you're a trainer in a big box gym and you cannot demonstrate squatting and lunging and deadlifting because your knees hurt. Uh, so... I was very fortunate, picked up that book. He talked about glute strength. I thought, what do my glutes have to do with my knees? And the long short of it is I started strengthening my glutes. My knee pain disappeared. I 
not only was able to squat, I was able to single leg squat to parallel. Um, and that's how I really got into fitness. And then, and then the health club where I was working at, they started referring all these tough cases to me, people with bad backs, bad hips, bad knees. And, uh, and I was there at that big box gym for about 10 years. And then I decided I wanted to strike out on my own. I wanted my name on the side of the building. Uh, I wanted it to be my business model. And, uh, and when, <laughs> and uh, a, a lot of gym owners can understand this, you know, you go in with the best of intentions, you are going to take your, your uh, emotional happiness with what you do, and you're going to transfer it off off to your clients into this business model, and it never works out the way you want it to, <laughs> the way you hope it to. All of a sudden, you go from just being a personal trainer, working for someone, to now you're the man or the woman, and it is a completely different experience. And you have to, you have to pivot very quickly, otherwise you're gonna go broke, otherwise you're gonna get swallowed up. And, uh, and I've, I've been very fortunate. I have the most wonderful clients in the world. I've been at this current location, JJ, for, almost 10 years now. And I uh, just super grateful for all the, you know, for my family, for my friends and for my clients. I love it. I love it. That's awesome, John. And let's dive a little bit deeper into Messner here. And so, you know, we'll start with the bare bones basics, John. How many members are you guys at currently? We're about a thousand square feet. It is a personal training studio. I'm currently working with about 30 individuals, give or take. Uh, as you guys know, depending on the size of the facility, that number can go up or down each month, 5% or so. Um, but we have been growing and it's, it's been it's been interesting, especially the past couple of months. Uh, past couple of months, I have gotten more first contacts uh, than I've ever gotten in my life. And business has really started to uh, explode, if you will. Um, that's where we are. Yeah. A hundred percent. And so I'll use myself as the avatar here, John. If I came in and I'm like, I'm ready to rock. I want to get started. Put me in. What would I then have to pay to become an active client? We have two different uh, pricing structures. We have private training and we have group training. Uh, private training starts at $75 for half an hour, $85 for 45 minutes, $95 for an hour. And group training is $250 a month paid on the first of the month twice a week for training. Uh, I try to encourage all people to buy at least a couple of private sessions prior to going into group class, uh, just because you get, as you know, you get a lot more with that one-on-one -on -one rather than if you're in a group class of four, five, six, seven people. Yeah, 100%, I agree 100%. And, and so on the topic of clients here, John, for you, what has been the best practice for finding new clients? Then that's a struggle. And that's the, that's the number one struggle. You go on to, I don't work for Mike Boyle. I don't work for strength coach, but you go on to the, to the business forum. That's the number one. That's the most often asked questions. How do you get new people in? Honestly, if you have a good product, like I have, like I have, like a lot of people have, but I think I have a good product. It's going to be word of mouth. We just ran a print ad and that seemed to, uh, inject a little bit of enthusiasm into the gym, which was a little surprising because uh, you never know with print advertising, it's really expensive. It's something we've never really explored before, but I was hoping to catch those people who have been driving by the gym, who have been thinking about coming for a while, just that little extra nudge. But I wanna say about half my current clients have been referrals. 
And that's what and that's what you hear. That's what you hear from successful gym owners. It's all about referrals and not necessarily offering anything for the referrals. It's just gym members. They love the gym. They like hanging out with me. They like the product that that I have to offer. And then they they nag their friends. They nag their family enough times and eventually they want to give it a try. And what's great about referrals is they come in. A referral is a completely different new member than somebody off the street. It, a referral, you could almost do the most ridiculous, silly things with them. They're going to love it. Where somebody off the street, it's like a first date. You're bobbing, you're weaving, you're doing that dance. You're trying to give them what they want without breaking too far from your values. It can be a little bit of a challenge. But with referrals, nine times out of 10, I, I stick to my training style to to my big rocks, if you will, pretty firmly. And, uh, and, and, it, and, and, and referrals always, not always, referrals usually work out better in the long run. Yeah, yeah. I think um, anytime somebody refers is a big testament to, to how strong your fulfillment is, right? Um, and I think uh, what generates that is the fact that somebody feels the obligation that like, hey, I've had a great experience. Now I'm going to raise my status by referring this person to John. So at that point, that's literally what a referral is and what they're doing. Um, so that's a big thing to your fulfillment. So I think that, that that's great there. And so now let's say this, John, if, 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 if leads, clientele, traffic was unlimited, right? Hypothetically speaking here, how much more can you handle on top of what you have now? Uh, you, always, <laughs> you always find time. Uh, and as a personal trainer, you want to set rules, you want to set boundaries for yourself, but, uh, I'm, I'm running out <laughs> of time, probably going to have to start thinking about bringing somebody else in, but, um, it, it depends. It depends. I don't know currently six or currently and six months from now, how many of these private sessions are going to be in group class, which is going to free up more time. It's, it's like this funnel system I have. Uh, again, how much more volume could I handle in terms of people? Maybe 20%. And then I'll probably start to crack. <laughs> and then, and gotcha. then it gets, and then it gets a little bit more. I'm also a college track coach. So I say 20 more percent. As soon as the track season starts, cross country season starts, that sort of kind of changes the dynamic. There's added stressors and added time constraints too, which can be challenging. I think, I think most gym owners would benefit from having, at least in the beginning, some sort of side job, some sort of distraction from the business, some sort of source of income also coming into the business. Uh, I know you didn't ask about this, but, but track, even though the, it can get stressful around conference time, uh, or just in the season, it has helped me immensely with the gym in that it is another challenge away from the gym. And I would say the gym also helps track it. There's a nice symbiotic relationship involved. Yeah, 100%. And the fact that you can kind of have that versatility and be able to manage both is, is, is big in itself, right? Being a business owner and a, and a, and a full-time track coach there. I think that's awesome. And so talk to me about leads here. Let's take a step back from clients. And so Let's say, uh, kind of to mention what you mentioned before, if somebody came up the street. So if I came up the street and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm interested, but I'm not ready to commit, right? And I need a little more of, of a selling process, if you will. So walk me through the, the client journey, right? Someone who comes in and they're interested, 
to them being sold their package to them being onboarded as a client, what does it look like for you? Again, I, I said before, it's like a dance, especially when talking to people who are not referrals. You have to be very careful. What I have found, my experience with how I train, this is, this is not boot camp, this is not CrossFit, this is strength training. With how I train, I have found the best sell is getting somebody to the point where they physically feel different, not emotionally feel different. So what I mean by physically feel different, maybe they came in and their back was sore and they leave the gym and their back feels slightly better, 5% better. Or they feel like they, you know, we always talk in strength circles about movement. We want to improve your movement. People don't know what that means. But when people leave the gym and they feel like they walk out of the gym better, I feel like when you get to that point, with an individual, with a client, that's when they are now invested in the gym. Now they have skin in the game. However, with that being said, sometimes that process takes a while. It could take two weeks. It could take six months. Everybody is different and everybody has different expectations when it comes to exercise, even the referrals. So again, it's, it's, it's like this ever-changing, ever-shifting dance. And you got to be constantly pivoting, bobbing and weaving. You got to be, you got to be really I, as a client, even if my client is doing a squat and it looks terrible, I'm still, you look great. You're doing great. You're doing good. Can you push your hips back even more? Can you slow down even more doing pull-ups? Can you squeeze your hands even more? You're doing great. You're looking great. So again, it, 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 it can be tricky. If it, if it weren't tricky, everybody would own a gym and everybody would be millionaires. Uh, but getting the, my my experience, getting people to feel different physically. Now you contrast that with a group exercise class. A lot of that is run on emo emotional highs and that's a different yeah. sell. And that's not what I sell here. I sell, I, I sell making people feel better physically at like 1%, 2% at a time. There's, you know, I'm not, I'm not a genius. I'm not a PhD. I was never a 4.0. It's, it's these very simple exercises that we're going to try to perfect uh, we're going to do some stretching, we're going to do some lifting, and hopefully you're going to leave here feeling better. And I've been able to, I'm, again, I've been here for almost 10 years now, and uh, and just very thankful for, for the clients who have seen uh, what I am trying to teach. That makes I love sense. it. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. <laughs> I don't know if it's explain it the best. <laughs> no, it was awesome, man. And, and, and so here, here's, here's a little bit of a longer-winded question. So if you need to repeat anything, just let me know. Um, but it's definitely a good question, kind of self-reflecting, kind of, you know, put yourself in the hot seat. So, you know, in the fitness and gym industry, there's about three pillars of business we use pretty predominantly. And that, that's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing your client acquisition, which is your sales, and then your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Uh, lead generation, for sure. I, I will tell you, when I thought about leaving the, leaving the box gym, you talked about retention. When I was at the big box gym many years ago, I had clients, and I still to this day, I, I had clients, I was there for what, 10 years, for five, six years. I'm not sure, but I'm 99% sure I had, hands down, the best member retention. And I thought if I could transfer that to a gym, like I'm doing, we might be okay. And that was one of the reasons I left. But it's not that I ignored that first pillar, that lead generation. But in order for you to retain members, you have to get members in the door. 
And that's one of the things I was talking about. If you're a new gym, gym member, you gotta, th you, you gotta hustle to get new people in the door. So for, for sure, for me, and I think most gym members would say it would be lead, uh, generating leads. Uh, I've had clients, JJ, who have been with me for 15 years. It's a handful of them, but I mean, you talk, I mean, how many people do they talk to about the gym, about what, what we do? How many referrals have they sent me? I, I mean, you look at the amount of money they have spent at the gym and they know how much money they've spent at the gym. Uh, so that is by far my, my, my strong suit. Uh, again, getting new people into the door, getting new people exposed, getting people who want to be exposed to John's training, that's by far the biggest hurdle, no pun intended, from the track coach uh, involved. I love it. I love it. And so uh, what I want to say before we continue, actually, I'll mention this, John. I just want to say, number one, I appreciate the honesty and transparency because I think oftentimes uh, people come on air and they want to, you know, highlight the things they're good at and not really talk about the, the nitty gritty, but I, I appreciate you being able to, to dive into that and not have no problem mentioning where you can improve. So thank you for that. Um, and, and last two questions for you, John, you know, for you, what's the bigger picture? What are you trying to accomplish? I, I my business coach, who's, who's one of my clients, uh, she, she, she's been, uh, she's been on me recently because I'm, because business has been good and I keep talking about my goal for the next space. And she says, yeah, but, but you're good where you are now. You're, you're bringing in good amount of money. Uh, you're very content that, uh, you know, it's great energy in the gym. And, and, and I, and I get it. I'm kind of falling into that trap of looking further down the road, looking further down the road, the bigger picture for me, which is what I've been thinking about a lot lately is buying my stand by buying a standalone building two, 3000 square feet. Uh, putting a coffee shop up front because uh, I love coffee and I love coffee houses and coffee shops. But I also think it would be a great uh, way to bring new people into the gym. And, and that's the bigger picture for me. That is, that is where the next space is. Now, uh, as we all know, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy town out there right now economically. I don't know where anyone is going to be a year from now. Maybe it'll be fine. Fingers crossed everything will be fine. A lot of people talk about, you know, uh, stuff hitting the fan, if you will. So that's always, I think as a gym, I think most gym owners are, have that in the back of their mind. And, uh, and I'm hoping if that does happen, you know, the cream rises to the top, we'll be okay. Who knows? And if we are okay, that's where I would like to be. I would like to have a standalone building, two, 3,000 square feet, and a coffee shop up front. And if the coffee shop doesn't work, you just, you just scrap it and you turn it into more gym space. That's it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And so last question for you here, John, you know, if you could go back in time to when you first started this gym, right. And, and give yourself that one piece of advice that you really feel like you needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for you? Uh, probably be a few things, JJ. One of the big things would be, <laughs> I have changed the name of the gym so many times <laughs> because I'm like, I don't like it. It's not working. And then I'm like, this will work. And I'm like, I don't know. Stick with one name. And the name should, the name of the gym, if you're listening to this, there, there are gurus out there who say, don't put your name in the gym name. I emphatically disagree with that. The gym, my people come here for John. So the name of the gym should be John's gym or master strength training or whatever. It should be very simple and it should be very clear and concise what 
what what it is that you do and i did not do that in the beginning at all um and i say this i may change my mind a year from now i may change the name of the gym a year from now i know most fitness gurus would cringe at that idea uh but business is good and people like coming here uh, but the other thing i would say is you you got to work on your your lead generation you got to you got to get new members in the door i know you're content you think you have a good product it's not that good I, it is good but but it's never that good where you can just rest on your laurels you have to constantly be trying to get new people in the gym how are you going to go about doing that and i think a lot of trainers especially with my personality type we're we're not the salesman it's hard for me to go out I, I don't really talk to people. I'm out with friends at the bar. They want to talk to me about fitness. Nobody cares. I don't say a thing because it is, it is very, you know, there's an, there's an old adage. You go into a supermarket and everybody is an expert on nutrition, which is just hilarious. You go walk out front here into Brielle. You walk up and down the street <laughs> and just talk to people about exercise. They all know more about exercise than I do. Never mind, I've been doing it 20 years. So again, it's it's learning how to talk and interact with people. And when I started the gym, I was what, 30, 29, 30, somewhere in there. I was young. You know, you you, you always want to say, what would you do when you're younger? But a lot of times you have to go through that learning process to grow, to become a better business owner, to become a better talker. Yes. Yes. And you're still young in my eyes, John. Come on, man. Don't give me that. <laughs> Thank you. I love it, man. Look, this is a good place to wrap things up on this episode, John. But before we sign out, you know, please shout out your website, your Instagram, your Facebook, anything you may have. Where can people find out more about Messner Strength and Training and you? Uh, uh, website is where I would go. Strengthtrainingnj.com. I love it. I love it. Look, John, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in and join us, talk about your business within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us, fellow Joe, Mr. Joe Rodallegas of WTF horizon gym coming to you from el paso texas joe what's going on man how are you i'm good i'm good i'm ready to do this i'm excited to have you joe this is 
from what I've seen, a, a pretty cool facility, um, but somewhat new at the same time. And so before we take the plunge in and talk business and strategy and tactics and all of that, give us an idea first and foremost of when this whole thing got started and, and why you wanted to open up a gym. So, I mean, this has been something I've thought about since I was like 30. Um, told myself by like around the age of 40, hopefully I have money saved up to get this start. Um, obviously back in 2020, I was at another gym that I helped open up and then shutdown happened for a couple of months. Um, once I reopened up everything, my now business partner who was a client of mine back then, the day that everything reopened, he had asked if I'd be interested. I mean, I'm, of course, it's one of those things like, hell yeah, of course. Let's but, do this thing. you know, until it gets, you know, signed on the dotted line, you don't want to jump the gun. You don't want to, uh, you know, just automatically assume it's going to happen. So, you know, we talked for a couple of weeks, <clears throat> started thinking about like the name. We got to find a location where we want to open it up, so on and so forth. And finally, when he said, let's do it, I was like, shit, this is going to happen for real. And uh, we just started from there. It took, this was back in May 2020 when they first reopened up everything. Mm. And I want Perfect to Perfect time to get into the industry, right? And he told me too, he's like, there's no better time, even though it's during COVID, everybody wants to go back. Everybody, you know, wants to get uh -huh. back into shape. I mean, obviously we all got a little bit out of shape during, during COVID. Uh, so like you said, no better time. And it, it went by or it started off pretty fast. You know, we had a certain number that we wanted to reach. And I mean, it just quick. We, we hit that number faster than we could have expected. Um, I mean, couldn't be happier with the way things are going, but always still want more, still want bigger, still want better. I, I think that's sort of natural for the, the inner entrepreneur. There's always more, bigger, better ways to improve. And, and we'll touch on all of those as we go throughout this. But so to, to your point, this has been open for a little more than a year now, right? We have mm -hmm. some experience being a business owner. Talk to us about what's been the best part about owning your own business. And then to follow that up, Talk to us about what's been the most challenging part about owning your own business. Calling a gym that's your own is one of the best things. Making the dream happen is one of the things that I'm happy where we are and that, that what I've thought about as far as like what kind of gym I wanted to create, everybody comes in pretty happy. I mean, of course, you're not going to have everybody staying with you forever. You know, they maybe find somewhere else better, but um I, I wanted to create something that everybody can come to. As soon as you walk in, you get a good vibe. You get a good feel for the, for the facility. Um, you don't want to walk in and all of a sudden feel intimidated. And that's the one thing I didn't want to do. And so far, I feel like we've, you know, hit it to a point. Um, and it, like, you know, the, the good thing is the relationships that you build with certain people some of the members that you come across, the different types of people that you meet, whether if it's members, the people that work for you, the trainers that work for you, uh, the clients that come in and start training with you, you just, you build different 
friendships, bonds, just different stuff throughout as the time goes on. Um, obviously, some of the bad stuff I would say is when you lose members. Right. But a lot of times it's really because, uh, and I'm not not to talk down on anybody, but it's like I guess like the commitment really isn't there, mm-hmm. so they don't go and they just lose that interest, or you know they find another gym. Sometimes not every, you know, yep. there's always going to be something else better for them, I guess. Whatever makes them feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, but and it's it's, I definitely have to say there's I, there's been more good than bad. Well, um, that's that's ideal, right? <laughs> That makes you want to come back every day. And so I think as far as the challenge goes, the the retention piece is something that affects everybody. Obviously, nobody has 100% retention. That's unrealistic. People move, people try out different facilities, people get new jobs, people get sick, whatever it is. Nobody has 100% retention. But I think it goes without saying, I don't think I'm pointing out anything groundbreaking here, but outpacing that, with new leads and new members is certainly what most entrepreneurs in our industry are looking for, right? Net growth, bringing more in than we lose is sort of the name of the game here. For you guys being in the open gym membership model, people paying a monthly fee and coming to use the facility, what have you found so far that's been effective to bring in new interest and new members? The fact that we offer different types of memberships it's not just your contracts you know we offer no contracts um and a lot of times those people still stay stick around um we also do contracts and we offer lower prices for six or 12 months or if they want to pay in full that way they got different options it's not just one set fee one set price everything's high um and i wanted it to be the you know reasonable enough for the memberships but also not kind of shortchange ourselves because obviously we gotta make money to still continue to improve the facility to bring in more stuff um but um just trying to be able to give different options for people when they come it's not just multi-tiered membership right people can really pay for what they're actually looking for yeah how do Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, it's not just your single memberships. Like, we'll offer discounts for all military, all Mm -hmm. first responders, anybody that works in education. So, again, it's just trying to show our gratitude, appreciation for, you know, different people, different lifestyles, and just everybody that does things for for us. Yeah. And being in the model that you're in, we can serve a wide variety of people. It's not like we're only looking for 30 to 40 women with XYZ characteristics, right? We can serve a wider audience than that. Have you and your partner considered putting money into any kind of advertising at some point to try to generate more interest and bring up the membership? Oh man, a lot. <laughs> yeah. it's, and I'm the one that usually handles the, uh, the social media page. Okay. But, but I, then I get busy with my clients handling the stuff for the gym um, and not even just the stuff inside the gym. It's obviously your own personal life, you know, whether if it's just rest or doing things that you got to do outside of the, the business, the gym, all that stuff. Um, we've tried to 
incorporate different things as far as like trying to promote more and uh, create more, like you said, uh, advertising promotions and stuff like that. Um, we could definitely do more. I'm not going to lie. We can yeah. absolutely still do more. I, I think any sort of conversation we have around this has to keep in mind that like most of the time people aren't marketing experts, right? These are at the end of the day, complicated systems and skills, right? And it takes some time to learn and figure out and probably some money to, to get good at it before yeah. it results in an ROI. But a lot of the time, we shy away from those things because of that sort of fear of losing money right away. Do you know what I mean? But looking at it as this is an investment to build the business long-term, I think you're right on the money there. It sounds like, have we done it? Have we tried it? Yeah. Can we still make better use of it? Probably, right? Yeah. There's always ways to, to tinker and improve a little bit. Um, and, and I think everybody, anybody that's ever owned a gym, if you ask them, hey, would it be okay with you if you had more leads? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. And so that's something. But I want to pick your brain on sort of the next step in the process. Obviously, leads are leads. That's wonderful. But at a certain point, that person needs to transition to a paying member. Once somebody reaches out to you, Joe, be it through social media, maybe they clicked on an ad, maybe it's just a walk in off the street. What's the sales process like before that person is signed up and ready to start using the facility? Uh, what do you mean? Like, isn't trying to entice them to sign up? Yeah. So are they meeting with somebody? Are they sitting down? Is this done online? Is this handled over the phone? What is that process like for them to sign up? So they do have to come in person. Okay. Um, we, I do have somebody that's trying to work on a web page, a website for us taking a little longer than anticipated, but uh, hopefully when we get that set up, set up, they can start signing up um, online without having to go in person. But for now, the process is having to come inside, fill out a form. That way we take the payment, take the picture, set up everything, and we're good to go from there. Okay. Um, if they message us, we try to give, well, I try to give as much information as possible without giving away every single bit of information without them having to come in and actually check it out firsthand. Yeah. Um, so I just give them basic info. We let them know we offer a free day, come in, check it out. If you like it, we can take care of you from there. Yeah. And, and so most of this is handled in person. Now, let me ask you this, Joe, because we touched on the fact that this is based on the open gym model, but we also have personal training it's rare that I talk to somebody that has people coming through their doors explicitly asking for personal training. Do you guys have some way that you sort of steer people towards that service? So a lot of times we do have, a, we do have people ask when they come in, they'll ask for, for prices, hours, and then a majority will ask if we have trainers. Um, I hire independent contractors, so everybody charges differently, but I try to give everybody's info so that way they can reach out to each one and see if they like someone better than the other. Um, of course, I always try to tell my staff as well, anybody comes in, try to push them. If, if, if they seem interested in a personal trainer or if they're interested in training, try to push them towards any one of them or any one of us, depending on what hour they're wanting to train. Yes. Yeah everybody's different as far as like schedule availability 
so on and so forth. Sure. And so in terms of the capacity or the numbers where we ultimately think we can be, do we have more room for growth on total membership? Do we have more room for growth within the PT department? Is it some combination of both? It's, I, I want to say it's a little bit of both. I feel like we can still add a couple more trainers. We can definitely still grow as far as members. Um, my goal is for us to hopefully be able to reach 500. And um, I want to, in the facility we're in now, hopefully we can expand to grow in space. That way we can bring in more equipment, more machines, just a variety of different stuff to attract even more people to come and check it out. That way, the more space we have, the more members we can bring in, the more that each trainer is also able to, you know, start training, getting more clients. Typically, when one thing goes well, it feeds into all of these other things, right? For you guys yeah. to take on this additional space, that comes with additional overhead, right? There's more build yeah. out. There's probably a higher lease, but it gives us the ability to serve more members, which logically gives us the ability to get more people into PT and all of these things sort of continue to, to self feed each other. Let me ask you this Joe, cause I think context is important here. Big picture. Where do you see this business going into the future? I want multiple facilities. I'm not set on, I want, I'm not set on just where we're at. If we can grow in the facility we're at now, great, but I want bigger. I want more space. I want to be able to provide more for every person that walks in. Uh, I'm not content with where we're at. I'm happy, but I do want more. I do want bigger. I, it's one of those where I want to be known as one of the best gyms in El Paso. And if it gets to the point where we can expand to other cities, <laughs> that'd be great. I think it's, it's an interesting concept in our industry because a lot of the time when we think about how do we get more people in and, and who else is in town to compete with, we're thinking about other gyms, but I think there's a lot more of an untapped ocean. There are so many people that need our help right now. Yeah. Even if every gym was at a hundred percent capacity, we still probably wouldn't be able to handle everyone that needs fitness help right now. And so I think, having a huge goal like that you're the reason that the industry is coming back right you're the reason that fitness isn't dead and, and in-person gyms aren't gone completely people want this and people need this you know what i mean it's important i mean you got to be healthy you got to stay healthy whether if you're maintain it's maintenance or if you're whether you like it or not yeah <laughs> believe me i love just not doing anything i i yeah. can easily just be at home and relax but you're not going to stay in shape that way mm -mm. you're not going to stay healthy that way you got to eat clean you got to work out you don't got to kill yourself at the gym for hours on end but you you know you got to do something to stay healthy and i mean uh for me like as a personal trainer i've always loved the coaching aspect. And to me, personal training is like you're coaching somebody, it's trying to get them better, trying to get them, get them feel better, do better and, and look better. 100%. Yeah, no, you are, you're spot on there. And, and Joe, I think, I mean, we've probably barely scratched the surface of what this gym is about and what you guys do day to day. 
as we run a little bit shy on time here, I want to turn the camera back to you and, and give you the chance to tell people where they can learn a little bit more about this. What's the social media links that you mentioned earlier? Where can people find you? So we have two for now, obviously Facebook and Instagram. They go by the name of the gym, WTF Horizon Gym. Uh, we are working on a website. Hopefully real soon we can get that up and running. But that's really going to be the best too. Facebook and Instagram, we try to keep everybody posted, try to uh, keep stories up and going every day, uh, post to let people know of any specials, hours, anything that we got going on, um, just so that way everybody's up to date on what we're doing, um, especially if we're bringing in new stuff, new equipment, new trainers, uh, whatever the case is, we try to keep everybody uh, on notice. Yeah. That's, that's perfect. So connect with Joe and WTF Horizon on those platforms that he mentioned. Joe, man, I, I sincerely appreciate your time and, and your willingness to share a little bit of insight into what you guys do here at this facility and where you want to go into the future yeah. I think is an even more exciting idea to talk about. We'll have to get you back on when some Absolutely. of those things start to get in motion. But for now, we'll have to cut it short. Man, I appreciate you. Can't thank you enough and wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And so to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.